with Be Green with Amy. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Be Green with Amy. I'm Amy. After adopting a whole food plant-based lifestyle, my hubby Rick and I lost over 130 pounds. Now I coach others on their plant-based journey. Just has voice. Let's welcome our guest. Amy Zacharias, MD, is board certified in both family medicine and lifestyle medicine at Plant-Based Telehealth. She has a special interest in helping patients achieve their ideal weight and helping athletes reach peak performance by following a whole food, plant-based diet. Please click like and share to help be green with Amy. Welcome, Dr. Amy Zacharias. Greetings and welcome, Dr. Zacharias. Hi, thank you. It's great to be here. Oh, I'm so excited. I was talking to you in the green room before the broadcast, and you are a physician with plant-based telehealth, and I have had the opportunity to meet and interview all the docs there. And you are the final one, at least for now, for the final one that I get to interview. And I'm so excited to meet you and for all of our viewers and listeners to meet you as well. Thank you. It's great to be here. Today, we're going to be talking about how to go plant-based. I've done so many interviews with physicians and people, dietitians, all kinds of people talking about a plant-based diet and all the different benefits. But some of my viewers and listeners weren't really too familiar with it. So that's what I wanted to do today was just take a step back and talk about, for beginners, how to go plant-based. We like to play our true or false game, and I wanted to do that first. So let's start. It's time for True or False on Be Green with Amy Live. Answer true or false to Amy's questions in the comments below, and Amy will ask our guest for the expert answer. Okay, so here's the first question, true or false, as long as the food is vegan. It's plant-based. So what do you say, Dr. Zacharias? Uh, definitely false. So there is a lot of food out there that is vegan that is definitely not healthy. Um, as many people have heard, Oreos are vegan, of course, which used to be one of my favorite foods when I was growing up. Um, but a lot of vegan foods are actually just very processed uh, foods that aren't foods at all. Um, and so my best recommendation when you're going plant-based is to eat foods that don't come in packages and that come in the whole food form. And so that is what a plant-based diet is, is foods in their natural forms as much as possible. So fruits and vegetables and beans and um, nuts and seeds and all those great things. Okay. Well, that's a great answer. I'm glad that you got us started off that way. And sometimes people do get confused about what it is you can eat. And I'm going to put on another question. True or false, eating a plant-based diet is basically eating rabbit food. And you kind of talked a little bit about different foods that we might be seeing on a plant-based diet. So let's dive into that and see a little bit more about what we could expect to eat. I agree with that. A lot of people think that um, plant-based diets are rabbit food, but that's definitely not the case. Um, in fact, I rarely eat just a plain salad. So I think a lot of people think of plant-based diets as eating a salad every day. And yes, you can have a salad every day. That's a great way to get in greens, but there are so many other options to eat um, other things as well. So um, often I'll do grain bowls with veggies, um, throw on some sort of great sauce with that, um, lots of fruits, lots of vegetables, um, but, but it's definitely not rabbit food. You can make it very um, tasty and it, it can be fabulous. So, um, and I think once you start eating that way, you actually prefer to eat that way. So um, a whole food plant-based diet does have um, minimal oils if possible. Um, so I think that's one of the keys too, is to avoid adding a lot of oils uh, to your foods as well. So definitely not rabbit food. <laughs> well, some people do talk about oil. And so let's see this true or false, because you kind of answered a little bit about it, but let's just clarify True or false, oil is okay on a plant-based diet as long as it's olive oil. Yeah, so if we were going to use oil, I would say olive oil is one of the best ones, but it really is not necessary in our diet at all. It is uh, so calorically uh, dense. Um, so one tablespoon of olive oil has about 120 calories or somewhere around that. And so taking oils out of your diet is one of the best things you can do. A lot of people think you can't cook without oil, but it's very easy to cook without oil using just a small amount of water or broth. Um, in fact, 
Uh, I followed a whole food plant-based diet for several years and my weight was pretty stable. I was pretty healthy to start with. Um, and the moment I decided to take oil out of the, out of my diet is the time when I finally lost 20 pounds that had just been kind of hanging around. So, um, I think that's probably the key to being your healthiest is to really get the oil out of your diet. Um, the food tastes better too. Once you remove oil, you start to taste the real flavors of the food, um, rather than that coating of oil that's on the food when you're, when you're eating it. So, yeah. I, I do think it's hard for people to remove oil um, because everybody's so used to it being in your diet. Um, one of the first questions I get is, how do you make salad dressing without oil? Um, or how do you cook without oil? And it really is um, pretty easy. Actually, once you start practicing it and um, your taste for foods will change too. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I agree. I, I've done a few cooking videos that show how to cook without oil. and I've done these cooking videos using like a stainless steel pot. So not even mm -hmm. Teflon coated. So it really is amazing. Right. It seems that a lot of the whole food plant-based foods that we incorporate, they have so much water in them anyway, that they yeah. give themselves a lot of moisture in that pan. But it, right. it can be a little bit of a learning experience, but it, yeah, you're right. It can be done. Yeah. So, Especially like yeah. mushrooms, you throw mushrooms in a pan and you don't even need water for mushrooms. It, it will cook itself with all the water that comes out of the out of the mushrooms themselves. So yeah, yeah. And so now we talked about oil, but I want to talk a little bit more about it because we said whole food, plant based, right? So whole food. There are some foods that have oil in it, but it wouldn't be an oil in a salad dressing, or wouldn't be oil that we're using to cook a food. But a lot of foods that people are used to eating have oil. So can you want to talk about that, where those hidden oils are? And so some of those oils that are naturally in foods are good for us um, in smaller quantities. Um, the thing to be wary about is that if you are wanting to lose weight, if you're overweight or obese and really need to lose weight, or if you have heart disease or something like that, you would want to limit those foods so that your weight could drop better and so that you're um, minimizing your risk of heart disease as, as much as you can. So some of the natural foods that have oils would be avocado, for instance, one of my favorites, um, is full of oil. So you really have to limit the amount that you eat so that you don't get too many calories by eating the avocado or olives, for instance, um, nuts and seeds, which all are fabulous foods for us, but just something that we would want to eat in moderation and a very small amount. Um, and maybe not on a daily basis if we're trying to lose weight. So maybe um, cutting back a little bit on some of those naturally fattier foods. Great. Yeah. And so I think that some people get confused when they go into the supermarket and they see a lot of packaged foods that they might say vegan on them, or they might say, some of them might even say plant-based on How do they know that that's something that they could still, go ahead answer that well i was gonna say um you you definitely want to be careful with packaged foods um there are definitely a lot of meat replacement products out there these days um that taste great but they're usually full of a lot of preservatives and oils also so you want to be careful with some of those um manufactured plant-based or vegan foods um I'm trying to think of a healthy plant-based food that's packaged. There are some, you know, tofu is packaged and it can be healthy. Um, but then there's some of those um, meat replacement products that probably aren't as healthy and they do have some oils. It, it's kind of a nice transition piece for people who um, are really used to eating meat and meat products. Um, sometimes it's a nice stepping stone to get people to a completely whole food plant-based diet. So. Um, I would say eating those foods in moderation would be the goal. And um, and then as you get further away from a meat-based diet, going mostly to whole plant foods is is ideal and best. So tempeh is another um, food that is in a package that also can be good for us. Um, so there are a few. I would just say look at the ingredients on the on the package and see how many ingredients there are. If there's just one or two ingredients, it's probably a healthy food for you. If there's 15 ingredients, I'd say go the other direction and uh, pick something else. 
So I will say like a lot of people, um, I grew up in the Midwest and I, I still am in the Midwest and a lot of people look at their plate and they have to have a meat and a potato and a, and a different vegetable. And when they go plant-based, they feel like they're not eating a meal when they just have a baked potato with some beans and some veggies on top. They feel like that's not a meal. That's just three things thrown together. But in fact, it's a meal and it's everything we really need to be healthy right on that one plate. So it's just a whole new way of thinking um, when you go to a plant-based diet. That is such a great thing to talk about because I think especially for people like me and other people that maybe have been plant-based for a while, we forget how it was in the beginning, how it seemed a little strange not to have that meat. Or, you know, during Thanksgiving, people have the giant turkey on the table and and it just seems that at least in America, they just have that, that as that centerpiece of the meal. And it right. can be it can be different. And it's just a different way of thinking about it. I mean, one time I think my husband had said to me, it's, it's kind of like we're visiting a foreign country mm-hmm. and we're just eating the way that they do. And it may not be the way that we're used to eating. You just have that different experience. So looking at it that way, instead of worrying about what you're missing, just saying, I'm, I'm having this different experience. I'm just going to try this out and see what it's mm-hmm. like. Let's talk about specifically what, what are animal products? Because I think that people think that steak is an animal product and everything else is not. <laughs> so what are animal products? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the big thing that people forget about are cheeses for sure. So dairy, um, a lot of the dairies items that you want to remove. So the yogurt that everybody thinks is healthy, that's an animal product. Um, and it usually is not very healthy at all. Even a lot of the plant-based yogurts are not necessarily the healthiest um, because they are full of a lot of other things. So, so yeah, all the meats um, and we include fish and eggs and dairy products. All of those things are things that we would want to remove in a plant-based diet. So, right. Um, Even chicken, right? Yes, chicken for sure. <laughs> everybody thinks chicken, chicken is so meat. healthy. <laughs> yeah, everybody and ever well, and even if they they know it's meat, but they uh, think it's a lot healthier, but it's yeah. not actually very healthy. So, and and because people think it's healthier, they eat more of it, and so it becomes even a bigger problem than red meat. People have started to reduce the red meat in their diet, and instead they've just dramatically increase the amount of chicken in their diet or eggs. Eggs, that's a big one. Everybody thinks eggs are healthy. And so a lot of people will turn to eggs as a great protein source, um, especially athletes, um, because they think they're low fat, but, um, you know, they're an animal product as well. So something we would want to steer clear of. What about, and it's so confusing when people call this refined sugar, I, whenever somebody says refined, I think of somebody sticking their pinky out when they're drinking tea. What is refined sugar? Why Why are these things something that we should be avoiding? Yeah, so sh- refined sugars are those sugars that have been processed. Everybody thinks sugar is the bad food, but it's the type of sugar that you're eating. So, of course, um, fruits have natural sugars in them. And fruits are healthy for us because they're packaged in a way that they can all the fiber. And so when we eat, say, um, an apple, we're eating an apple with the skin, and it takes a while for our body to digest that apple. Um, So our blood sugar rises much more slowly. But when we eat a teaspoon of sugar, um, say in a cup of coffee, that sugar goes straight into our bloodstream, because there's no fiber, it's not packaged with any vitamins and minerals to slow the absorption of that sugar into our bloodstream. So um, Refined sugars are just really hard on the body and raise our insulin levels, which then in turn um, causes a lot of other problems um, in our body as well. So yeah, refined sugars, uh, sugars go by many, many names. I couldn't even begin to list them all. So um, the best thing to do is uh, search for alternate names of sugars and look for those on packages that you're buying because they're in lots of things, um, including ketchup and um, a lot of those sauces that you buy have a lot of sugar in them. So. What if somebody found something on the shelf in the supermarket and it said sugar-free, like a sugar-free ketchup or, or something like that? Would that be whole food plant-based? Would that be something that they should consider? Um, not necessarily because they might have added a sugar substitute, which also is not something that is fabulous for us. 
Um, so I usually just recommend to my patients to avoid um, a lot of those chemically made um, alternatives as well, just because we don't have a lot of data and know exactly what they're doing um, in our bodies. So um, I would avoid those as well. But just because we're avoiding refined sugars and just because we're avoiding the chemical-based calorie-free sweeteners, it doesn't mean that we can't have things that are sweet in our treat. Right, right. And, you know, I do use 100% pure maple syrup sometimes if I wanted to add um, a sweetener to something. I am mindful of how much I'm adding, though, and it's not something that I would eat frequently. But I do use, um, probably use that mostly if I'm wanting to make um, a sweet treat. The other thing you can use is dates. So you can date, make date paste, um, taking dates and just soaking them in water overnight. Um, and then pureeing those that can be used as a as a sugar replacement as well. So, um, so it's definitely not to say that you can't have anything sweet. I do think that once you eat, start eating a plant based diet, the further out you are, the less, the more your taste will change, and you might not crave sweet things as much. Um, and those things that are really sweet might taste too sweet um, to you. So, I think once you get used to eating fruit um, for dessert. Um, then if you went to have a cookie or something like that, it would taste really sweet to you then. So, yes, that is quite a change when that does happen. But I guess in the beginning though, I mean, I've seen people that can't eat a strawberry unless they dip it in, in white sugar. So I guess in the beginning for people to transition, they may want to, like you said, use, well, I, I don't personally use maple syrup, but some kind of sweetener like that. Or like you said, date paste, because I usually use dried fruit and, and dates to help along with the transition. Right, right. Or just using a very small amount, lessen the amount as you're trying to transition, lessen the, lessen the amount every time that you're using on different things. And that can be a way to kind of transition more slowly as well. So that's another thing that is a good idea. You're right. Because sometimes if you just kind of back off of something, I remember when I didn't want to give up sweetening my tea, so I just used to put, well, I think I probably put two teaspoons of sugar in my tea. So I just kept, each time I made it, I just put a, just a, such a small amount less and less. And over the weeks, I was just amazed at how I was getting used to having a little bit of less sugar each time. And finally, now I can drink tea and I can actually taste the tea. And it's a very nice experience. Yeah, I feel like um, sometimes, too, we think we like coffee, but we add sugar and we add, even if it's oat milk, right? And so we look forward to that cup of coffee every morning because we it's something we're looking forward to. We're craving it. And the reason we're craving it is because it's full of the sugar. And so once you remove the sugar and you remove the oat milk, you might not even love the taste of coffee anymore. Um, so it's just slowing down to and understanding why you are eating certain things, um, why you're having a latte in the afternoon. Is it because you really like lattes or are you craving that latte? And if so, it's probably because it's full of sugar um, and you're craving that sugar high. Um, so just becoming aware of when you're eating and why you're eating different foods can help you identify to um, different patterns like that. So. Yeah, I guess that's a good time to talk about sweetened drinks and junk food and how they are not on a whole food plant-based diet either. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Definitely. Um, I mean, they are full of calories. I think you you have an image that might be, be good at this time, but um, processed foods like, um, you know, frappuccinos and um, potato chips, they're just, potato chips are vegan, right? Um, but they're not plant-based, so they're full of calories, and it only takes a few of those to um, equal a lot of calories. And so um, here's a nice uh, depiction of calorie density. So looking at that, it's really it's really helpful to see how many calories you're getting when you're eating uh, different foods. So as you see, the avocado there, which is a plant-based food, is really calorically dense. Um, and, you know, the vegetables really low uh, on the calorie density scale. So you can eat a ton of vegetables to fill up your stomach. Whereas, um, you know, eat a handful of potato chips, which might be the same calories, it's not going to fill you up. So there's, there's the depiction of oil and why it's so easy to overdo when you're having oil in your diet. Um, and filling your stomach up with the vegetables, you'll feel so much more full. 
um, by eating those foods that are full of water um, and just less calorically dense. Well, that's I think. Um, yeah, when when people look at the back of their their cups, you know, their frappuccinos to see what what's the nutrition profile of the drinks they're consuming, and they don't even realize they're drinking twenty teaspoons of sugar in a in a in a drink that's gone in fifteen minutes. Um, which is more than we should have in a whole day um, of added sugar. And so um, I think when people slow down and actually look at the ingredient labels, um, nutrition labels, it, it's really helpful. I had a patient once who um, was trying to lose weight and she told me she, she didn't know why she wasn't losing weight. She was eating a healthy lunch and a healthy dinner. Um, and I asked about breakfast. She said she didn't eat breakfast, but she went to the cafeteria at work every day and got um, the largest size it wasn't a, it wasn't Starbucks, but it was a Frappuccino style of drink. And it was the largest size. And she was getting like 30 teaspoons of sugar in her drink every morning. So um, it's those hidden calories that, that once you become aware of them, it can be really helpful in changing um, your diet and actually helping you to lose. That was a good find that you discovered that when you yeah. talked to her about that, because I guess when people have that big cup of frappuccino, whatever it is, they don't think of that as a meal. They just think right. of it as a beverage and they don't think that that, that is equivalent. Right. So. And it doesn't fill us up because our body doesn't equate liquid calories as it does uh, the solid calories. Like you sh like you showed in the stomach, filling it up with food, um, that, that liquid drink is going to go right through you. You're not even going to feel like you ate something, but you truly just consumed 600 calories. So um, paying attention to drinks is really important. I think, um, alcohol too, alcohol has a lot of calories. Um, and, uh, I think people don't realize that as well. Why don't we talk about white flour? White flour. It's, so it's very processed. Um, it's stripped of all the nutrients and so not a great option on, on a plant-based diet. So if you were going to eat products with flour, we really would recommend a whole grain flour. So, um, taking oats and just grinding those, you have oat flour easily. Um, you don't have to buy a package of oat flour um, or whole wheat flour. Or if you wanted to make um, a muffin that was healthier, you can use white whole wheat flour. So it has a little bit less of that um, whole wheat taste. Um, so we definitely want to get the whole grain when we're eating on a plant-based diet to get all the nutrients um, that are stripped in the white flour products. I'm glad that you talked about that. And a little bit earlier, you were talking about the ingredients label. I think a, a lot of people do is they'll look at the nutrition label and they'll look at the nutrition facts, but they don't necessarily look at the ingredients. And, and it seems like the ingredients is really telling you a lot. Right. So um, if it says it's wheat bread, that doesn't mean it's whole wheat bread. So look at the ingredient label and the first ingredient should be whole wheat flour or whole wheat grain of some sort. Um, one of my favorite bread products is probably probably the Ezekiel bread, um, which is the sprouted whole grain bread. So um, I buy a loaf of that and put it in my refrigerator or in my freezer. And if I do want to have a sandwich, um, then I would take that out and it's, um, you know, there for me. So yes, looking for the words whole wheat or whole grain is really important because the labels are there to try to um, trick you into into getting certain products. And a lot of these labels that you're talking about, some of them will say things like all natural or non-GMO or something. And they talk about that as being greenwashing. So do you want to expand a little bit more about that? Well, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons we say try to buy things without labels um, because the advertising industry is going to try to make you buy something, right? They're going to put as many words on the front um, that they can to make you think that something is healthy. Um, so all natural means absolutely nothing. Uh, it's not a word you would look for. Organic, it does have to be organic. Um, so there are certain um, industry guidelines that they do have to follow certain rules. Um, so organic is truly organic. Non-GMO is probably truly non-GMO, but all natural means nothing. I'm trying to think of some of the other words uh, that they use. Just be very careful of labels. If they say omega-3 fatty acids or omega-3s, that's because they've added those. Um, into uh, the bread. You know, they, they make bread by stripping 
um, the grain of all the good things and then trying to put them back in so that you think that it's healthy. Um, so yes, I would say be very careful of um, packaged things. Uh, look at the number of ingredients again. There are cereals that are healthy, but they have very, very few ingredients in them. So, um, you know, one or two things should be listed um, for it to truly be healthy. Now, some people are worrying about gluten and maybe some grains. And you were talking about whole wheat. So let's talk a little bit about gluten. And should people be concerned with that? What should they be knowing about that? Yeah, the only reason to be concerned about gluten is if you have celiac disease or a sensitivity. Um, there's nothing wrong with gluten in our diet unless we have celiac disease. So um, I think it's been a big trend to avoid gluten. Um, I think the thing we need to avoid are the processed foods that contain gluten. Um, because they're, you know, a lot of those are the crackers and things like that, um, that aren't good for us to start with. So um, the only thing to really be worried about is if you truly have been diagnosed with celiac disease, and then you would want to avoid gluten. Other than that, I would just recommend avoiding the processed foods that have gluten, like some of the crackers, um, and things like that, that are going to add calories, not because they have gluten, but because they're processed. Yes, I think that there have been people that may not have been diagnosed with celiac, but thought that because they weren't feeling well, and that might be something that they should do. And then they go on these gluten free diets, and then they start feeling a little better, because they think that it's because they're eliminating gluten, but it's probably because they're eliminating these foods that are not health promoting. Right. Right. True or false? You won't get enough calcium on a plant-based diet. What do you think, guys? True or false? Okay, Dr. Zacharias. So that's false, of course. So you can get enough calcium on a plant-based diet. Um, and there's plenty of foods out there. I think as long as you're eating a well-rounded um, diet and eating enough calories, you won't have a problem getting enough of most nutrients in a plant-based diet. Probably the only things that we really want to be very concerned with on a plant-based diet is B12. We definitely want to add B12 um, if we're on a plant-based diet. Um, and then vitamin D as well as another one that we uh, watch for and sometimes add. And then the omega-3s, we wanna make sure we get enough of those on a plant-based diet. But B12 is the big one that we must add, um, but calcium is not one of those. In fact, adding uh, calcium supplements to your diet is actually has a poorer outcome um, than anything. So um, I would not recommend calcium supplements or anything like that. You should get enough calcium in your in your diet on a plant-based diet if you're right. eating a well-rounded diet. Yeah. yeah, I think that people don't realize that the calcium is something that is found in plants and that's where the animals that eat them get them. So that's right. very good. And you okay. talk about vitamin D. I live in Southwest Florida, and so does my husband, and we get along very well. So I say that I'm fortunate that I'm with him 24-7. When, when one of us goes outside, probably both of us are outside. We were both tested for vitamin D. I was very, very low, almost deficient, and he was just fine. And I hear a lot of doctors talk about, well, if you live in South location, that you wouldn't have to worry about it. And I asked my physician, who's not plant-based, but she's plant-based friendly, which is nice. And I asked her about the vitamin D. And she has been a physician for a couple of decades here in Southwest Florida. And she said she has not found any of her patients that had a satisfactory level of vitamin D. She found them that many of them are low and some of them are even deficient. So I think that even if you're not plant-based, I think it's something that everybody should be aware of. You talked a little bit about that, that you might want to consider supplementing with vitamin D. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, I would say a lot of my patients are deficient in vitamin D too. And so many of us are out of the sun because of concerns about skin cancer, rightly so. And so, and wearing sunscreen, um, and just protecting us, ourselves from the sun, which is where we're going to get um, vitamin D levels um, to be in a normal range. So um, we usually do supplement with vitamin D. It's easy to check a vitamin D level. Um, like you said, you had yours checked. It's, it's really easy at um, plant-based cell health. We can check a vitamin D level easily and recommend supplementation. Um, most patients older than the age of 65, I would recommend 2,000 international units daily of vitamin D. Um, 
uh, other people probably, or um, sorry, a thousand internationally in this daily, other people don't need quite so much um, when they're younger, but it's really just good to have your level checked. Vitamin D is one of those vitamins that is fat soluble, so it you can get too much vitamin D. So if you're taking levels more than 2000 international units daily, you would want to check your vitamin D so that you don't um, get too much vitamin D also. So that's just something that even if somebody's not plant-based, it's something that they Correct. should be taking a look at. So, right. Yeah. You talked about and, and people who are overweight or obese tend to have much lower vitamin D levels as well. And, and whether that's just because it's a fat soluble vitamin and we're not detecting the levels accurately. It's hard to say, but typically you'll have really low levels if you do have weight um, issues as well. Yeah. Well, there's been some new research about the sun and how we uh, get infrared from the sun now that they're learning. And that if people who are overweight or obese, because they have layers of fat all throughout their body, that even though these infrared that come from the sun can go up to eight centimeters deep into your skin. They won't penetrate that far in if you have the fat that's covering it. So that could be one reason why that uh, it's important. And I'll, I'll send you a link to that one because it's yeah. very, very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we're always I, learning something new. That's for sure. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. And to me, I vitamin D is so important. I think that when they first were determining what the, our levels should be, it was only because they were worried about the calcium absorption and, and things like that. But now, really, why we call it vitamin D, but actually it's a hormone. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Yep. So it, yeah. it regulates a lot of things. Did, did you want to talk a little bit about that, about vitamin D, that how important it is? Um, well, I just, you know, I think that we're learning new things all the time. Um, so... Yeah, it's it's really important for for bone health um, to prevent falls in the elderly, and so um, there's just you know so much that we're learning um, all the time with all the different hormones. True or false? You won't get enough protein on a plant based diet. Well, I tell you, if you're talking about a plant based diet, this has to come up in the conversation. So, guys, yeah, you in your yeah. guesses, and we'll hear what Dr. Zacharias has to say. Yeah, so that's definitely false. We get plenty of protein on a plant-based diet. Uh, in fact, studies have shown that over half of Americans get too much protein in our diet, um, and it's easy to get protein in a plant-based diet, as you as you well know. Um, there's lots of sources of of uh, protein. Um, all plants have protein in them, and so um, it's easy to get enough protein, um, beans and legumes, um, but even all of the vegetables have protein in them. There's been a lot in the past that said that you had to eat um, complementary proteins, you had to eat them at the same meal, but that's not true either. Our body keeps those amino acids and uses what it needs to make uh, the proteins it needs. And so there's really no concern at all about getting enough um, protein on a plant-based diet. So lots of athletes follow a plant-based diet and most of them are doing better, um, have better performance on a plant-based diet than they did when they were on an animal-based diet. So the, the beauty of a plant-based uh, protein is that you're not getting all the added fats along with it um, and the cholesterol and all that. So it's, it's a great protein, um, great way to get protein actually. So all the benefits with all, um, all the risks that come along with um, animal-based proteins. Okay. A lot of those large animals eat uh, vegetarian proteins, so like elephants. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about the omega-3 fatty acids. Some people are thinking, well, if I go whole food plant-based, then I won't be eating salmon. And, and, I, and what about fish oil? Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so you can get um, o- omega-3s in, um, by eating flaxseed. Um, walnuts, chia seeds, you can get them that way. So just one to two tablespoons of flax or flax ground flax seed or chia seeds um, can help you get the omega-3s that you need. There are also algae-based omega-3s, um, which is where uh, the fish get those omegas from in the first place. And so just avoiding the fish altogether and, and getting it right from the source is probably the best way um, to get your omega-3s. Okay, well, let's talk about salt because some people talk about whether or not that they should have added salt. And what do you think about that? So some people are definitely more salt sensitive than others. 
um, but salt definitely can lower, or uh, sorry, raise your blood pressure. So uh, most people do want to be aware of salt in, in their diet um, and minimize the amount of added salt as much as possible. Um, not everybody needs to avoid it, um, but I do think that it is definitely something that we want to think about is the salt in our diet and try to minimize um, the amount as much as we can. Um, like a half teaspoon of um, salt is all you need to get the iodine that you need in your diet. Um, so it's a very, very little amount um, that we truly need and we're getting that very easily in our diet. So I would say don't add, um, try to avoid foods that have a lot of added salt. And if you need salt at all, I would add it right before you're gonna eat it um, just for the flavor on the top of the food um, rather than salting your dishes throughout while cooking. And yeah. for those that are salt sensitive or, or for people that have high blood pressure, hypertension, they may need to be a little more careful. What should they be thinking about? Um, they should have at least less than 1,500 milligrams a day of salt. So, um, it, you know, most Americans get about 4,000 milligrams of salt a day, which is a lot. So um, just being aware of what is in the foods that we're eating. If you're eating truly a whole food plant-based diet, you're probably not getting much salt and except what you're adding. But if you're eating a lot of canned foods or a lot of sauces, those would have a lot of salt. Um, or some of those store-bought broths, um, you can make some of that on your own if you want. But if not, there are brands out there that have very low um, sodium levels in them. So you could look at the package and just see how much salt you are getting when you're buying. Um, some of those healthier packaged foods like beans, lentils, broth, things like that. Yeah, um, I, Buying I, those no salt added beans can be helpful if you're going to get beans that are pre-cooked. Um, so looking for um, ones that are no salt added, that can be helpful. Yeah, I've seen even vegetable broth that you can buy and the so sodium on was just incredibly high. And I talk to people about salt sometimes and they will say to me, well, I don't eat salt. And I really think that they think that the only time somebody eats salt is when they pick up a salt shaker and sprinkle it on their food. Yeah. And it yeah. seems hidden in so many foods. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Even I sometimes like to talk about comparing a slice of bread to a potato chip in that if you looked at the sodium content, the bread probably had more sodium than a potato chip because it's mixed in with the, the right. batter there. So. Yeah, it's, it's very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, Jesse T wanted to know, what are good salt substitutes? Um, honestly, I like to use herbs as much as possible and spices. So there are a lot of um, spice uh, products out there that have no salt added um, options. So um, buying a good... Um, a spice mix that you really like that has no salt added can be can be really helpful. That's what I like to do. So, yeah, I've recently discovered sumac, which is a, mm -hmm. a spice. And uh, yeah, have you ever tried that on any of you? I haven't. I haven't tried it. But I've heard of it, but I haven't tried it. Yeah, yet. it's just it's a. And it's I think a, Americans don't use a lot of herbs sometimes, herbs and spices. So I think um, when you start to get used. To adding things like that, your food becomes much more flavorful. Um, and so you don't miss the salt quite as much. I do think too that naturally or gradually decreasing the amount of salt in your diet can be a, a much more helpful way than going, say, cold turkey, like going from, you know, eating everything to all of a sudden no salt. That can be a pretty drastic change. And so just gradually decreasing the amount of salt in your diet by buying low sodium products and then gradually um, phasing it out can be helpful too. I think that we should probably talk about, because we're kind of talking about hypertension. So let's just kind of explore the benefits of going plant-based as far as our health goes. You want to talk about some of those benefits? Yeah. So, so many benefits from going plant-based. Um, I think probably the number one concern on most Americans' minds uh, on a daily basis is their weight. So, so many people struggle with weight concerns. Um, even if you're not overweight, you might not like the way you look. So changing the way you look um, by losing weight can be one great thing. Um, decreasing your risk of heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, um, certain cancers, lots of cancers are related to weight um, or just um, uh, eating the way we do as well. So there are so many benefits 
um, so many health-related benefits to eating a plant-based diet. Um, more energy, so feeling more energetic, better sleep when you're following eating, eating a plant-based diet. Um, so lots of benefits, uh, too numerous to count really. Right. I think a lot of people do are attracted to this lifestyle because of the weight loss. I'm one of them. I adopted the lifestyle because my husband, he needed to lose a lot of weight. And together, like I said in the intro, we lost about 130 pounds together and it came off very nicely. So weight loss can be something. And when people lose the weight, though, it gives them less risk for other diseases. Another reason why I've seen people worrying about heart disease. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my father-in-law was actually just diagnosed with heart disease and has to have bypass surgery. And so, um, and he is now on a plant-based diet. So um, he's been on a plant-based diet now for about a month, um, but it took until the diagnosis of heart disease for him to change his way of eating. Um, sometimes it takes um, something drastic to change somebody. Um, and unfortunately for a lot of Americans, I feel it is a diagnosis. Um, and my hope is that we start to get pe people to realize that by following a plant-based diet, they can be healthier before something like that happens. Um, so yeah, so for him, he's, he's now on a plant-based diet and he's doing great, um, eating that way. It didn't take, uh, my mother-in-law and father-in-law very long to change the way they're eating because of the diagnosis. But, um, so yeah. Um, you know, it's still the number one killer in America is heart disease. And, and so uh, the more patients we can encourage to eat this way, the better. I recently had a couple of the plant-based telehealth docs on, and we were talking about diabetes. And do you want to just talk a little bit about the benefits of this lifestyle for diabetes? It's just so helpful in changing someone's outcome with diabetes. We can we can take somebody who's uncontrolled and help them control their diabetes, sometimes even get them off medication by following a plant-based diet. Um, sometimes it takes longer than others, depending on how long you've had diabetes, but you can reverse um, diabetes by following a plant-based diet, lowering your insulin levels, um, and just really dramatically changing your life um, for those diabetics out there. So. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I had that running in my family, and I wish that I learned about this long before my family members were affected by it so that I would have had some time to help them with that. Some of these lifestyle diseases that you, you're talk, we're talking about, how they can be helped with this lifestyle, people maybe who are thinking about adopting the lifestyle and have some of these diseases, they may be on medication. Let's talk about how important it is to discuss with a physician or, or they could do a telehealth appointment with you if they are just about to get started with this and they're on these types of medications. The most important thing to realize is that um, your body can respond really quickly to a plant-based diet. Um, so you have to be very aware of what medications you're on. Um, so you do want to talk with your doctor or come see one of us at Plant-Based Telehealth and we'll help you transition as well because your body responds very quickly. So when you go from eating an uh, animal-based animal diet that is very unhealthy to eating a plant-based diet, your need for those medications may drastically change pretty quickly. So someone who is on diabetic medications wants to be very careful that they don't become hypoglycemic or that, you know, that their blood sugars don't go too low. Or if someone's on blood pressure medication, their blood pressure could significantly improve. And so they could become um, hypotensive or, or have too low of a blood pressure pretty quickly. So um, definitely they would want to talk with their doctor. Um, you wouldn't want to necessarily stop all your medications right away. Um, some people do, and it's not necessarily the best thing to do, but rather to do a nice transition. And so monitoring you closely, um, slowly decreasing medications while you're changing to a plant-based diet. Sometimes we do, though, have to stop the medications pretty quickly, depending on how quickly your body responds to a plant-based diet. So um, it is best to really work with a, a physician, um, especially one that is more familiar with a plant-based diet um, and more open to a plant-based diet. I will say there's a lot of physicians out there that still are not very open to the idea of a plant-based diet or they just don't understand how beneficial it can be. So, in fact, uh, speaking of my father-in-law, the, cardi the um, 
cardiovascular surgeon said to him, well, don't worry, there's just nothing you could have done. Well, and I'm like, what do you mean there's nothing you could have done? <laughs> uh, so I think there are a lot of physicians out there that just still are afraid to talk to patients about what can be done because there are so many things that we can do to help patients. Um, and patients can help themselves by changing their lifestyle. So It's nice to know that, that there are physicians out there like you that are aware of the benefits of this lifestyle and that they could go to plantbasedtelehealth.com and talk to you or one of the other physicians. And especially if somebody has a physician that, that isn't in the cheerleading squad, that at least that they could even coordinate between you and their physician. Is that right? Right, right. So that's what we really recommend. We're um, a specialist in lifestyle medicine. So we really recommend that patients continue to see their primary care doctor, continue to see their specialists if they have um, problem, uh, you know, specific problems, and then consult with us for lifestyle uh, medicine changes. So we can work in concert with your physician and help transition you to this kind of lifestyle. Um, we can draw lab or we can order labs as well and review lab work too. Um, and we can share those uh, back and forth with you. You can share your labs with us from your other physician as well. So um, it works pretty seamlessly, really. Um, so we're just really there as consults for um, lifestyle changes. It's nice to have somebody, yeah. I would feel, that on your team. We were fortunate that my husband, I wasn't on any medications when we adopted the lifestyle, but my husband was on some blood pressure and cholesterol medications. And we were fortunate that the physician was on board with considering titrating down and we bought a at-home blood pressure monitor and we kept a diary, probably took it like six times a day, which I think is a nice non-scale victory. You're getting on that scale and maybe the scale's not budging at first, but when you're seeing that blood pressure dropping, I mean, obviously something is going right. And so the physician was willing to work along and help titrate it down. That can be done with you and someone else and they can talk with you just like we're talking now, right? They would have this consult right. with you and they could look at you and talk to you just like like as if somebody was watching us having a consult together. Yeah, that's, and that's kind so of great. Yeah, yeah, they can be in the comfort of their home and just have a meeting with us um, and sit and chat about what they're doing currently, what changes they could make, how we can help them. Um, we can give them tips and tricks to help uh, transition. And it's it's fabulous. It's, it's the best type of medicine. Um, it, it makes me so happy to be able to practice that way. Yeah. So when somebody, especially if they're on medications, but even if they're not, let's talk about what happens, especially like maybe that first week, if you've been on a standard American diet, which they call the SAD diet, and then you go whole food plant-based, especially if you go all in, what could somebody be experiencing? It's really honestly hard to say. Some people do just fine. Other people feel like they have withdrawal symptoms. Um, I think it's, Mostly it, people crave what they're missing. Um, they're missing those foods that are high in sugar, fat, and salt. Um, so there's a lot of cravings sometimes. And I think it really helps to focus on the end goal. What's most important to you? Is it, is, is it more important to have those foods that you think that you love? Or is, it, or is the goal of becoming healthy? Um, you know, what is your goal? What's your purpose in following a plant-based diet? If it's to feel healthier and to feel more energy, you may notice that pretty quickly. Um, I would say when I took oil out of my diet, I was plant-based before, but when I took oil out of my diet, I just felt more uh, like lighter and more awake. I don't really know how to describe it. Maybe not so heavy and, and just had more energy. So I think people will have a lot of different feelings. Um, when my husband was trying to transition and he's still transitioning, um, he misses those foods, so he will comment a lot that it's not fun to eat anymore. Um, so I do think that, you know, you need to make it still fun to eat. Um, you need to find things in a plant-based diet that you do look forward to um, and still make eating an occasion, an event, uh, make it uh, a pleasurable experience. And it, it can be just as as fun as eating an animal-based diet, so. Yes, there are yeah. quite a few treats out there and, and I've yeah. done some recipe demos with my husband. I mean, we've had, we've made what they call nice cream and it doesn't have mm -hmm. any milk or dairy in it. And it tastes, right. it tastes even better because you're eating it and you're not thinking, I shouldn't have exactly. done it. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So, and I think that's the thing to focus on too. When you're done eating something, how do you feel? Like, 
for people who tell me, oh, but I just love ice cream. Well, how do you feel after you eat the ice cream? Well, not so good. Uh, some people are running to the bathroom. Other people feel bloated. Uh, maybe you feel guilty. So the ice cream, you feel good eating the ice cream for about two to five minutes while you're eating the ice cream and then you don't feel so good anymore. Whereas if you eat the nice cream, which is frozen bananas blended up, you feel fabulous afterwards. You're now satisfied because you had a special treat and you still feel energetic um, and you don't have trouble digesting the lactose because um, there isn't any. And so I think really paying attention to the after effects of eating those foods that we so-called love, um, those foods don't love us back. And so we don't always feel very good after eating. And so I think when people start to pay attention to that, it can be helpful too. So. Yeah, I think so. And I think I think that if, if especially if people have been eating quite a lot of junk food or they're on these medications, they might have some physical symptoms that may be either withdrawal or maybe they're being overmedicated. And they th I think that's what was happening with my husband, because in the first week, he actually felt like he was coming down with the flu. This is back in 2012, but he didn't have fever. And I think part of it was some withdrawal and some of it may have been that he was starting to become over-medicated. And mm -hmm. that first week he, he said, you know, I, I just, this may not be for me. And back then there wasn't as much information available. So I did some research and I said, well, if we can just get through this one week while you're still talking to your doctor about your medication and making sure that's okay and see what happens. And after he got through that first week, he started to feel a lot better. And then he realized that it was really something that he could do. And it's been since 2012 and he's still doing it. And boy, I tell you, my husband is all about food and all about flavor. And he kicked me out of the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Most people years later wish they would have done it much sooner. So, yes, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We did talk about the fact that you are a plant-based telehealth doc. Not only are you advocating a plant-based lifestyle, not only do you have the ability to help people titrate down off their medications and not just, or you, although you could prescribe them as well, and mm -hmm. you could prescribe these things, but you're you're leaning toward the lifestyle. De-prescribing, yes. Yeah, <laughs> prescribing. But we talk about lifestyle because I never like to say plant-based diet. I like to say plant-based lifestyle, but it's not just about the food, is it? So talk about no. that. Yeah, we, we definitely um, talk about getting healthy all around. So we talk about physical activity, being physically active, maybe not necessarily exercise, but just being active in your day, um, stressing less. So making sure that you remove the stress from your life, um, having loving relationships. That's really important um, for good health. Um, sleep, getting proper sleep. So many Americans don't sleep well. And so um, changing your diet and then focusing on ways to help with sleep um, is something that we can talk about as well. Um, and then removing those harmful um, products in our lives, such as alcohol and tobacco and uh, recreational drugs, smoking, things like that. Those are um, things that we can talk about as well and help patients uh, remove some of those unhealthy habits as well. So we, we do a lot. Um, and kind of look at you um, from a well-rounded approach um, to make sure that you're healthy. I like to think of some of the standard American diet as recreational food. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So if somebody was getting started, let's say they learned a lot today, which I know they did because you had so much information that you shared with us. And let's say they're just they're so excited. They just want to get started. And yeah, there's lots of books out there. And there's all and they could watch a lot of the YouTube videos that plant-based telehealth has. And I have, and there's lots of things. But what if they just wanted, I, I remember that because I read Super Immunity by Dr. Furman. That's how I got started. And I'm kind of a geek. So it, it's a pretty technical book compared to maybe some others. And And my husband just said to me, just tell me what I can eat. And tell me what I can eat, and let's just do this. He didn't, right. he didn't. Now he's very interested in all those things. But right in the beginning, he just wanted to just tell me what to do. So, what what would you tell somebody out there that they're trying to start, and, and what, what should they do? I think it's great to watch the YouTube channels such as yours, 
you can watch. Um, there's lots of YouTube videos out there um, that are promoting um, healthy lifestyles or plant-based medicine. Um, grabbing a great book um, is a good first start too if somebody likes to read. So um, I think I have one actually right here. This is a new one, um, the Undo It one. That's a great book. So I like this one. Norwich, yeah. I like this one because it um, talks about all about lifestyle. So it talks about stress and exercise and things like that in there too. So um, that's a good one, easy to read. And I also like uh, Dr. Greger has a lot of great books, the How Not to Die and How Not to Diet. Um, also has great cookbooks that go along with that. So I think um, the other important thing is to find recipes that you like. So uh, maybe it's just buying a cookbook the How Not to Diet cookbook and working your way through it. The Undo It book has, I believe it has recipes in it as well. So most of those books have recipes. And what I would say is just try some. And when you find recipes you like, make a binder of recipes that you you like. And so when it's three o'clock or four o'clock and you're getting home from work or five o'clock and you don't know what to cook, go to the binder and grab a recipe that you know everybody likes. And so it can be as easy as that. Um, the other thing is prepping. I think prepping is underrated. Uh, prepping for the week is really, really important because I think so many times people just don't have food ready. And so they grab something on the way home or they throw in something that's not maybe so healthy, something that's come in a package. So I think prepping is important. So I always have brown rice in my refrigerator. I almost always have baked potatoes already baked um, so I can chop those up or slice them into baked fries or use them as a baked potato or throw them in a soup, whatever. Um, sweet potatoes, I almost always have. I always have some sort of beans, always have canned tomatoes. Um, so if you stock your pantry well, um, it can be easy just to throw a couple of things together and that can be a meal. So prep is a huge thing. Um, yeah, so that's really important. Yeah, I love to prep because then when I come home, I feel like somebody made something for me and, you know, <laughs> I don't have because people say, oh, I have to adult. So <laughs> it doesn't feel like I have to adult at that moment because it's right there for yeah. me. And I'm, I mm -hmm. would like everybody to know that I have five free recipes. If you just go to begreenwithamy.com slash join and I'll send you five free recipes. Not all at once, just one at a time every few days so that you can have a, a look at that. But there's so many resources on the internet that you can get a lot of things free. So this doesn't necessarily have to be. No thing to do. And that's something that I wanted to talk about because some people do think that it's expensive to be on. Yeah, it doesn't have to be expensive at all. And like you said, there's so many good resources on the internet. I just type in whole food plant-based, no oil added recipes, or if I'm looking for a specific one, um, I'll type that in with those words and you'll find stuff. The Forks Over Knives series has a, a lot of great oil-free recipes as well. Um, but it can be really cheap to eat plant-based. You can um, eat beans and rice, and that's a complete meal, technically. So it, it doesn't have to be expensive to eat plant-based at all. Um, when someone starts to buy the packaged products, that's when it becomes expensive. So um, cooking from scratch is the best way, um, and uh, you can keep it pretty inexpensive then. Wendy wanted to know, if salt isn't allowed, does that mean sauerkraut and other fermented foods for probiotics are gone too? No, not necessarily. I mean, I think you just want to be aware of how much salt is in some of those products. Um, fermented foods can be very good for us as well with the probiotics. So I think it's just um, being mindful of how much you are consuming and just being careful with it. But no, they're not... Uh, they're not on the not allowed list. Okay. Well, that's really good to know. Well, I wanted to thank you, Dr. Zacharias. I'm so happy that you're here. And I wanted to give you a chance to, if you wanted to say anything else about the plant-based telehealth. Sure. I work with a great group of physicians at plant-based telehealth. Um, we are scattered nationwide and many of us have many different state licensures. I think I have 10 different state licensures. So you can just go on to our um, website and check us out. We all have a bio there um, and try to connect with one of us. Check to see if we're in your state. If we have a state license in your state, then we can see you by um, telemedicine um, virtually. So we would love to have you as patients. And it's a joy to practice that way. You can just go to the website and you can make an appointment that way. It's really simple. We have a portal that you use that is your electronic medical record. And so it's really easy to use. And um, if you have any trouble at all, we have some uh, great help that can help you um, work through that too. Oh, excellent. 
Well, everybody that's watching and listening, why don't you tell us what are you going to remember? What, what's your takeaway? Have you been plant-based? Are you thinking about it? Maybe after this interview, maybe you're thinking about adopting it. Let us know. We would really like to learn about that. I wanted to also thank Just Task Voice. She did our countdown and our promo. And Just Task Voice, who's coming up next? Aging skin, dry skin, acne, brittle fingernails, dermatitis, and more. Your questions answered with board-certified dermatologist Jessica Krant, MD, on Be Green with Amy Live, Friday, February 4th, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Well, most of all, I want to thank all of you guys that are watching and listening and commenting and sharing. We are so excited about this lifestyle. We're so excited to have awesome people like Dr. Zacharias on to share what they know to help all of you. And hopefully you'll help other people learn about this lifestyle. And I hope that you guys would like to join me because I'm going to be doing my tagline and you could type it in the comments below. And that is be strong, be well, and be green. Are you ready, Dr. Zacharias? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Until I see all of you guys again, remember, be strong, be well, and be, be green. green. <laughs> Bye -bye. Thank you. Now you can listen to Be Green with Amy expert interviews wherever you go. Listen while walking, meal prepping, or traveling. Find Be Green with Amy on Apple, Google, Alexa, Amazon, or virtually anywhere you find podcasts. Be strong, be well, and be green with Be Green with Amy.